If you will, please turn to Romans chapter 8. We'll be there the entire session. Someone asked me last week, or was talking, about their relationship with Christ. And I told them, you don't have to live like that. Always trying, 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 going as hard as you can. That's that's not the simple answer. And so when I got through explaining to them... The Lord told me, why don't you explain to your folks the same thing? I said, okay. Having a successful relationship with Christ involves control. Whose control? It involves God's control. There's all kind of things have been added to the recipe for years that some people say you got to do that too. I can't find it in the Word. So the first chapter or the first verse of chapter 8 of Romans I wrote in a little bare place I got there, two ways to walk. And that's what we're talking about. Verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now what does that mean? Well, we're fixing to explain some of it. There is two groups of Christians. Those who try to be as good a Christian as they can and those that don't give it much thought and kind of say, well, you know, it really doesn't matter to me if I get there with my coattail on fire. I've heard that ever since I've been in the world. But that's not what the way God wants you to be. Because in verse 2, He says, for the law of the spirit of the life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, there's so many church-going folks now. Some of them are saved. I guess some of them are not. I don't know. That are part of this group. It says, it said in verse 1, that there's no condemnation now. For the saved who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. For a law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus was made me 
free from the law of sin and death. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm giving them a short study. But what it says is that when you became saved, God took you out from under the law of sin and death that was led by Satan and put you under the spirit of the living God, Jesus Christ. And now he says, if you are called one of mine and you go after the, the spirit every day, then there's no condemnation for you. Nobody can talk about it. I'm now free from the law of sin and death. What was that law? It was a law in this reading that has been made a law that the people who lived before Jesus knew it better than anybody ever has. They knew when they sinned. And they knew when they hadn't sinned. And Satan had those under control that were sinning every day. But the problem for them was, no matter how good you wanted to be, you had no way of getting forgiveness of your sins. There wasn't any way. Now the Jews over there, they had sacrificial system where they could bring sacrifices and pay for their sins. But if you weren't a Jew living in that day and time, you didn't have a way to get rid of things that you did that were not according to God. And then Jesus came along and changed all that and made, a, made them under a new law. For what the law could not do, verse 3, in that it was weak through the flesh, My definition of flesh is this right here. My definition of spirit is what's in your head and you can't see it. That's a point I'll bring up again. What the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, like us, and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We are a people who live in our flesh. Our flesh is the devilish side of our whole being. The Spirit of Christ of life in Christ is the good side. And we need to know that we live under one of those by our actions. Do we try to do bad things? Do we worry about bad things? Do we try to avoid, avoid doing bad things? 
or are we free? And this scripture says we are free. For that they are after the flesh, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They think about them. They live within them. They figure it's going to be part of their life. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. People think about which one of those, those, those lifestyles they live under. For to be carnally minded, now that is, y'all know what the Spanish word for flesh is, right? Chili con carne. Carne is when they put the meat in there with the beans. Now you can buy chili without beans. I mean chili without meat, but you can't buy chili without beans. <laughs> so the word carnally is a word, another word for flesh. For to be fleshly or carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's the result of those two, two styles of life. Because the carnal man, that man that lives for himself, the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now what is this thing of being a Christian doing whatever you thought you needed to do to be saved. What does it mean according to this? Well, it says if you live that life of carnality or fleshly or doing what you want to do, not the spirit that's inside you that wants you to do, but what you want to do. Those who walk after the Spirit may gain the righteousness of God. Some of those who are born again, who don't make any attempts to live after the, 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 the life of the Spirit, may die because they're not saved. They may go to church and they think that is being saved. But the saved of the whole thing is, is, is of the heart. There are people who have recognized a Jesus. They recognize what he did. But if there's no movement in here, if there's no change in here, and you do not become that new creature, and, you, by, and by that, start doing new things. That is the, the, the witness that you are born again, that you're saved. But if you don't do that, everybody has a rightful question in their mind about whether you're actually saved or not. To be fleshly minded is death. Spiritually minded 
is life and peace. I wanted to make that plain because there is so apparently because of Romans chapter 8, there's a great deal of difference between the person who lives for the Lord being saved, going to church, whatever, and there is a person who lives for himself still going to church, still being a church person. God is after those people who want to do the right thing who want to try to follow God, who make every day as they get up another day to see if they can follow God all through the day. Because of this, it's verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. You know what I've got written right there in my Bible is control. Those who are born again, who live in carnality, Are out of control. They're not under the Holy Spirit's control. So I told this people last week that asked me about being saved. I said, look, the way you've made it is so hard. I, I just, and, and that's something, that, that's spiritual things. That's things that float through there that you can't see. You can't walk by me and I can't look at you and recognize that. So everybody's got their own idea about what being saved essentially based on what they've been told and what they've been preached to and what they've learned in Sunday school or whatever. And I told them, I said, the only thing you need to do if you're concerned about salvation is just think at the end of the day what have I done today to be under God's control? That's the word. Trying to love, trying to do so many of these things is, is what people come at you with their idea of what it is. And it is. That trying to live under the law of Christ is, is, that, is all of that and more that you try to do things like Christ would want you to do. But you don't have to worry about anything. That's the hard part. And that's the part a lot of people are doing. And it's making their life with Christ miserable. Because the word is control. At the end of the day, I sit on the edge of my bed and I pray and I think about what today did I do that was out from under God's control? And anything I've done out from under God's control, I've got to ask forgiveness for. Now, that's good or bad. Now, to give you an example, if I am about to preach about alcohol, God, I think, says that everybody can drink, just don't get drunk. 
That's what he said. Now, to be pure, you won't drink. That's another subject altogether. But God has told me the hard way by drinking a half a can of beer and for the next 30 minutes I thought I'd drunk wolf poison. He'll do that. He said, I told you not to drink. You're not to drink. So there's some things that are all right by the Bible, but they're not all right by God. So that's what I'm saying. You need to know what your all right is so you can try to do it. Verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now there's a, a, a negative side of that too. When I sat down on the bed, how many problems came in my life today that I needed to ask God about and I made up my mind myself. Because you know I'm a very confident person. I can handle most anything, so I don't feel like I need to call God. I'll just make up my own mind about what I'm going to do about such and such and such. That's the problem. I think most of us, most of the time, think that once we become saved, born again, that we can be born again most any way we want to be born again. But God says there's another thing too, that to be obedient to God and approved of God, you need to try to live like God wants you to live. And you do that by the, being under the control of the Holy Spirit that lives with you 24-7. Spiritually minded is never thinking of God when you have a situation that's important and may corrupt you to be spiritual. is to get spiritual guidance. Then you know you are doing what the Spirit of God told you to do. I think sometimes we take a great deal of advantage of that. I have so many people coming to me, what in the world should I do? Could I ask you something? Yes. Have you asked God? Do what now? I said, have you asked God? Have you asked the Holy Spirit that's living in you to tell you what you need to do about this matter? Well, no, really I haven't. Well, then the first thing I know for you to do is go somewhere. You can go here on the place or wherever I happen to be. And sit down and pray and ask, God, am I supposed to do this? And if I am, I'm clear. If I'm not, I got to change my ways. Fleshly is making decisions all on your own. And they have got me in so many troubles. Because it was a while before I learned this. Because it's real quiet in the Bible. There are not many 
preachers talk about it. Not many of them talk about the Holy Spirit anyway. You know? But we've talked about lately about some false teachers that are already in the world. They're already everywhere you go. There are false preachers. They call on them too. I could not think of a better place if you wanted to goof up what God was trying to do with us to do it at a seminary. You get so many. There's very few at a seminary that wouldn't listen to a seminary preacher. They come out of there thinking that everything they've been taught is 100%, and it's not. The thing that, that I see, there's things you see and things you don't. Now see, I was brought up to not do things that people could see. You need to be nice. You need to be a good old boy. You know, like we talked about with Cahaba Baptist Church. Every business meeting, they were throwing somebody out of the church for being seen in public drinking a beer or heard in public saying a curse word. The Bible doesn't say that. There's nothing in there about profanity to start with. But they've taught us all those things to make an impression on other people but not to do something on the inside that nobody can see. Now get, don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching for alcohol and cussing. That's not what I'm doing. But what I'm saying, God never said anything about it. Oh, he talks a little bit about alcohol. He does. But his problem is getting drunk. Not having your godly mind We go back to the same thing that we've looked at so many times before in Proverbs chapter 6. There are six things that God hates. Yea, there are seven that are an abomination to God. And the one on God's hate list, first thing on God's hate list, is not any of these things that I've been taught is a proud look. There are a lot of people in churches that are not aware of their proud looks. God hates that worse than he does anything else. And the second thing is a lying tongue. I have found no list of people who are going to heaven that didn't have that in it. And I have found no list of people that are not going to heaven that didn't have it. God has a real situation with a lying tongue. And it's, it's, it's spread out everywhere. But this group right here, they don't know how many times you lie during the week. They don't know how many times you, 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 you don't seek God's guidance. There's no way they can tell who you are. 
the things that I have been taught is so you can tell who I am and you can tell who each other are because if somebody comes in here using profanity on a regular basis, you begin to wonder about them. Part of the Holy part of salvation is we get a Holy Spirit. The most powerful thing in the world for us to have the Holy Spirit, it would be like giving a three-year-old kid an AK-47 with a safety off. Do you realize you have that? You have the strongest power on the face of the earth inside of you. Anything God wants to tell you what to do, you can do it. Even to the height of raising Jesus from the dead. That's how powerful it was. And you got it. You can do anything. But God keeps control of it with the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit that you have living in you which keeps you from exercising that Holy Spirit for yourself. You know it's not going to work praying that you're going to be successful robbing this bank. That's just not the way it works. He doesn't listen to a lot of that. So even though he gave it to you to use like you wanted to, the only way you can use it is like God wants to because the Holy Spirit control, or his control is control with this thing called the Holy Spirit. It won't let you use it if it doesn't give its permission. And that is the saving nature of all of this. How could God have a powerful group of the church and give them the Holy Spirit and not put some kind of leash on them? He couldn't. I figured it. So folks, I ask you, please, in your relationship with God, be very concerned about that Holy Spirit you have inside of you. Now I'd like to show you something. You're talking about that control. Some scriptures that, that, that point to this. Proverbs 20, 24 says, Man's goings are of the Lord. In other words, God directs you where to go. You may not know it, but he does. If God hadn't wanted Jared at that fire, he wouldn't have, have warned him about it, you know. So he's got him over there now. 
He's not going to sit there and listen to it without going and helping. Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23 says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. What he's discussing here is the right way of man. It's not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. Spiritually speaking, heavenly speaking, you can't walk like heaven wants you to walk without heaven. (laughs) You can't do it. So for a man to sit down with a Bible and try to see if he's going to be able to be saved that way, it's hard without the Holy Spirit touching you to be able to do that. And then in Isaiah 55 and, and verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Well, let's just say that in those three verses, God gave you a set of credentials. Now, you want to decide how you're going to build this, or you won't let me tell you how to do it. I guarantee you my way is easier, and it's better, and it'll work. So ask. That's all I ask. Just ask. And that way you won't be living a fleshly life, but you'll be living in the spirit that cometh from heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for explaining all this to us, for showing us there's another way than some people have shown us. Lord, teach us to call on our Holy Spirit that knows us better than anybody else does and knows what we can handle better than anybody else does and knows what we can be asked to do and what we should not be asked to do. So let's ask our Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us, which Jesus said when he first announced him, that that was what he would be coming to do. So praise his name. The name of the Holy Spirit, the name of Jesus, and the name of God, all parts of God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.